This episode is part of the pool's Local Officials Stronger Together podcast series. It's one way we serve local officials through integrity, public service, fiscal responsibility, and operational excellence. As always, please direct specific questions about coverage to your member services manager. Welcome to the TML Risk Pool Stronger Together podcast, what we're calling the STP series. I'm your host, Scott Houston. You may know me from my work as TML's general counsel, but I'm now in a new role as your Risk Pool member liaison. That's a fancy title, but all it really means is that I'm here to help protect you, your employees, your citizens, and your property, all while saving money by avoiding pitfalls before they turn into a claim. With so much information to learn and so little time to learn it, we want to provide you with a regular podcast that you can listen to in 15 minutes or less. I'll stick close to the same format each time. I'll give you an overview of the laws or risk pool programs that are relevant to local governments. Sometimes we'll hear from special guests, and then I'll give you a few action items at the end to make sure you're getting everything you can from our partnership. Each time we do one of these, we'll have detailed links to written information to go along with your action items. Welcome to episode three, sanitary sewage backups, know before you go. Okay, so I'm sitting here looking at photos of what can happen when a sanitary sewer system causes a backup into someone's home. I just Googled it and I'm looking at it now. I know you're just listening and can't see these photos that I'm looking at, but just close your eyes for a minute, unless you're driving. If you're driving, please keep your eyes open. Okay, if you've got your eyes closed, try and picture in your mind's eye a volcanic eruption from your toilet that can't be turned off. Can you see that? That's something you never want to experience in real life. But, as the common phrase goes, it happens. Let's talk for a minute about how a sanitary sewer system works, how the courts view this issue, and then touch very briefly on how the pool's coverage works as well. This, uh, uh, this stuff is actually fascinating. What to do with sewage has been a challenge since humans first started living in cities for literally thousands of years. But the conveyance technology hasn't changed all that much in that time. Most sanitary sewer lines are gravity-fed through lines that always head downhill to the treatment center. Of course, we now have the technology using motor-driven pumps, lift stations, and other equipment to move it uphill. What makes sewage back up from the main lines into a home or business? As amazing as our public works people are, things can and do go wrong. Things like roots or shifting can cause lines to break. Grease can clog up lines. Lift stations and other equipment can fail. Heavy rains can fill and overload the system. And that list goes on and on. If that happens, if sewer backs up into a home or business, is your local government liable? Well, as with all legal questions, it depends on how it happened. The paper that accompanies this podcast has lots of detail on this, but I want to touch just on the basics of the Tort Claims Act. And you'll hear me talk about that law in many, many of these podcasts. It's the primary state law that says whether your local government is liable or not for any number of activities that you undertake. So how does it work? You always start with the premise that your local government is immune from a lawsuit. That's something called governmental immunity. And it basically says you're not liable for anything. 
Governmental immunity is a form of sovereign immunity, which the term came from ye old England and was described frequently as the king can do no wrong. With that in mind, the Tort Claims Act essentially does this. It can waive your immunity for certain governmental functions that you perform, meaning that you may be liable for property damages or injury or death, depending on the function that's being done. I'm not going to talk to you today about injury or death because sewer backups don't usually cause that. They usually just make a mess of a person's home or business and the stuff inside of it. For what we're talking about today, the Act waives immunity for, quote, sanitary storm sewers and, quote, water and sewer service. But before the waiver happens, certain conditions have to be met. For property damages, the law says this. A governmental unit in this state is liable for property damage proximately caused by the wrongful act or omission or the negligence of an employee acting within his scope of employment if the property damage arises from the operation or use of a motor-driven vehicle or motor-driven equipment and the employee would be personally liable to the claimant according to Texas law. Think about what I just read. A local government will typically be liable for a backup only if an employee negligently caused it, and then only if he or she was using motor-driven equipment or a vehicle to do so. Think about what usually happens to back up a sewer line. It's usually a break or a clog or something that the employee had no part in, and in fact, nothing that they could even have known about. When that's the case, which again is most of the time, the local government usually is not liable. And if the local government isn't liable, some used to say that you couldn't pay a private person for cleanup, even if you wanted to. Also, if your entity isn't liable, your general liability pool coverage may not pay out to that private person either. In 2009, after a number of these backups made the news, legislators got tired of hearing the technical argument that we aren't liable for this, so we can't pay for it. That year, the legislature passed a law that allows cities and some river authorities to pay these claims even if you aren't otherwise liable. Shortly after that, the pool created a supplemental sewage backup coverage that a member could buy to add to their existing coverage. But more recently, the pool has gone a step farther. Starting in 2021, each member with liability coverage has an automatic base level of sewage backup coverage. Your entity can opt out of that coverage if you wish, or you can also purchase a higher dollar amount. Let's now hear from Scott Spence, who's one of the pool's claims specialist supervisors. Welcome, Scott. Tell us how long you've been with the pool and what your role is here. Sure. I've been here over uh, 16 years. I'm coming up to 17 years in March. I'm a claims supervisor in the liability claims department, and I supervise a team of seven claims specialists. And we have another two claim specialists that are divided amongst other units. What exactly does a claim specialist do? Sure. So the claims are reported by our membership and auto-assigned to various claim specialists uh, with the right experience. And they investigate the claims. They review for coverage. They determine amounts of damage. They determine you know, whether or not immunity was waived if there's liability or if a claim should be denied. And, uh, you know, there's a lot that goes into that. There does indeed. In addition to investigating the facts of the claim, you guys have to know exactly how our coverage works. 
Like I mentioned earlier, when we originally recorded this episode, backup coverage was optional. Can you tell me how that's changed? Certainly. So prior to October 1st of this year, supplemental sewage backup coverage was an endorsed and add-on coverage. Certain members wanted it, others members don't. And effective, the risk pool made a decision to uh, provide a baseline contract level coverage. So that's going to be within our coverage document that allows all members to have this base level coverage, with it, which is essentially it's $5,000 per structure up to $10,000 per occurrence. But the flip side of that is that members still have the option to opt out of that. Not all our membership had the original endorsed coverage. Not all members felt it was a coverage that added value to their service. So some didn't have the coverage, but now everybody does unless they opt out. What about higher coverage limits? Are those still available? Yes, our membership still has the option to endorse additional coverage, increased limits of coverage. It's still the supplemental sewage backup coverage endorsement. Various members that want more than that 5000 per structure, 10000 per occurrence will likely increase those limits. So that's what the coverage looks like. Tell me what this type of claim looks like on the ground. Certainly. It's a real mess. I mean, it can be as small as just a small amount of affluent coming out of a plumbing fixture, a shower drain, uh, but not really spilling out of that you know, plumbing device. And then it can flood the entire home. We, on rare occasions, but it does happen, it can explode out of the plumbing and uh, literally hit the walls, hit even hit the ceilings. That's when it's a pressurized event. Yeah, pretty nasty. Thanks for what you do at the pool and for joining me today. So what are your action items from this episode? We'll just do two today. Action item one, and this one is easy. Just remember that in spite of the colloquial saying, actually can flow uphill in a sewer system. And action item two, it may make sense to look back and see if you've had this happen before and how frequently. If so, you may want to speak to your TML risk pool member services manager to ensure that you have the coverage that's best for you. That's it in a nutshell. Just remember, know before you go. To review written materials associated with the presentation or to ask Scott a question, please visit www.tmlirp.org and click on the Stronger Together podcast link. Please remember that the information in this episode is provided for informational purposes only and doesn't constitute legal advice. We recommend that you review the podcast and the accompanying written materials with your attorney prior to taking action.